Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Bridgerton, the official podcast, is a partnership between Shondaland Audio and iHeartRadio. You have to wear blue shoes, little plastic things that you put over your shoes so you don't get dirt or mud or anything through any of the castles and such that we filmed in. By the end, people were just like, do I have to wear these? <laughs> and you're like, yes, Prince Charles lives here. You have to wear <laughs> this blue is shoes. Prince Charles's this house. is Prince Charles's house. Like, please be respectful of, of the gold on the ceilings and the expensive marble and such. Welcome to Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm Gabrielle Collins. And I'm Annabelle Hood. And on this episode, we're going to talk about how many London tourist attractions I got into for free because that's where Bridgerton was filming. We're jumping headfirst into Bridgerton with a spotlight on the production design team. We're going to talk about locations, castles, royal palaces. Gardens, manor houses, the room where Philippa passed out. We're entering Bridgerton through a few of the long-serving homes of the English aristocracy. And our 19th century expert, Hannah Gregg, will explain the abiding flowchart of gentry and how in this world, one could distinguish who's who by a home and its gilded appointments. We're also talking with the phenomenal Golda Rochevel, who treated us to a Queen Charlotte that we've never encountered before. And we're joined by the lambent Adjua Ando, our Lady of Persimmon and Burgundy, Lady Danbury. And of course, we're talking to production designer Will Hughes-Jones. He's going to give us a peek at how his team snatched up these highly coveted, very protected locales for Bridgerton. The setting for Bridgerton is the plinth of this society, the cornerstone of a society based on matchmaking and inheritance. The surroundings have to support that, support this more is not enough world that straddles fantasy and the free spending 18 teens. Some of the locations used in Bridgerton were dressed up just a little, and some, including a handful of not so royal buildings, were completely transformed. 
we want to relish the hard work that made it all happen. I felt like going into the royal grounds of Bridgerton would allow us to get right into what locked us into the world. Presentation day and the balls. One of my favorite moments is Lady Danbury's ball. It's like a promise. The season's opening ball at Danbury House is a most highly sought-after invitation indeed for every darling debutante from Park Lane to Regent Street will be on display. When we see that ball, it's like we're being promised this is what the show is. This is how beautiful the show is going to be. Hopefully there's a ball every episode. And in one of the episodes, there's about six balls all in one. (laughs) It's amazing. Oh, yes. Danbury's ball. That's the first time we see everyone coming out to party after the presentation day events. But where we filmed that was actually Bath Assembly Halls, which are very, very famous assembly halls during the Regency time. We used it and we pretended it was Lady Danbury's house. (laughs) Yeah. I was thinking episode one is like this coveted invitation into this world. We're swept into the carriage and off to this magnificent hall to meet the queen. Wilton House. Yeah, Wilton House. Which reminds me, dear listeners, allow me to reintroduce you to Will Hughes-Jones, the production designer. What's not to like being asked to create a Regency world, but heightened and over the top, you know, nothing that we've seen before. Will is a wizard of period design. He gave us the physical worlds of films like Jane Eyre, The Musketeers, and the television series The Spanish Princess. Chris Van Dusen, the showrunner, if you remember, told Will to dream up ridiculously lush Regency surroundings. I wanted the series to look like the most gorgeous, rich, aspirational English garden anybody's ever seen. And Will took that idea and he ran with it. Will spent some time with me to talk about getting the vision of Bridgerton out of Chris Van Dusen's head and into the planning stages. It was a really exciting process in the early stages, getting to the point where we actually started building this world. I came on board at the beginning, well, in February 2019. I had this very strange interview with the lovely world of Shondaland sitting at a desk and I was sitting at home in my kitchen and we talked about a lot of things. I very quickly knew that this was a show that I wanted to do. And when I was lucky enough to be offered the job, I obviously very excitedly had lots of initial conversations with Chris about the look and the feel. And it became very clear to me that this was not a show that I'd ever seen before or had come across, which was even more exciting to me. We had so many locations and they're all these incredible manor houses and castles and Will and his team come in and they dress them to be in the Bridgerton colours or to be in the Queen's colours and you think this is such an incredible place, this is amazing because they've brought in all the furniture, they've brought in all the paintings and then if you ever go back as a tourist and see those places, you think hang on, this doesn't look like the Bridgerton set at all. In the beginning, Will and team went on a cross-country scouting adventure to decide where they were going to base Bridgerton. Because the whole thing obviously is set in country houses and the biggest palaces in the country. They are scattered all throughout the country. But as well as that, we needed a very big space to build in. So we had this 
72 hours where we started in London, we looked around London, we then got on a train and we went all the way to Liverpool, the other side of the country. We went flying around Liverpool in vans and little minibuses looking at probably about eight places. We then got in another bus and we went south down the side of the country right down to Bristol and Bath, which is on the opposite end of the country from London. Did the same thing all over again and lived on picnic food and lots of laughs in this bus. And we were all sort of looking at each other going, what are we doing? We're, we're sort of like doing this road movie before you've even started shooting. Wow. So many locations were used from all over the country. But the Bridgerton world looks so seamless, so self-contained. All right, Annabelle, help me grasp the scope of these locations. Break down the first few scenes of episode one for me. It's a disconcerting thing when watching, when you've done all the locations and you've filmed it yourself. So the Bridgerton house, that's in London. Then we're in Bath, where their carriage is going along the Royal Crescent at Bath, as everybody knows. And then when they get out of their carriage, they're at Hampton Court, which is just outside of London. And then we jump to them entering the room, and that's at Wiltshire. Oh, my goodness. Wilton House in Wiltshire. So already within the first five minutes, we've been in five locations. It looks so great on screen that it's just one linear story. Yes. And, you know, I bet you there are fans who are in the UK or who are just geography nerds and they know that. Yes. <laughs> I think the, yeah, the Royal Crescent in Bath is very noticeable. Yeah, yeah. It's such a great location. It looks so incredible on camera. That's why people film there all the time is because it looks so good. <sighs> And it fits our world perfectly. All of the architecture in Bath is just amazing. You're traveling 450 people around the country. I mean, I would literally wake up and not know what city I was in. Am I in Bath, Bristol, York, Liverpool? We even went to Liverpool at one point. That was Sarada McDermott, and she did everything behind the scenes. Yeah, Serata was one of the producers on Bridgerton. Serata is known for her work on movies such as 28 Days Later, Tyrannosaur, Tolkien, and Fighting With My Family. Bridgerton is her first television project. The way that I structured the project was that what I wanted to do was have the core, so that was going to be the studio, and that would be 30%. And then you would go what I call going out, which means that you're going into London in the lovely properties in London. Like we shot in Lancaster House a lot, which is where Prince Charles lives. And then we would go out-out. Out-out means into the regions. And that means a four-hour drive. So everyone's overnighting. When you have all the big balls, which of course Chris loves a ball, like at least three balls an app. Another thing about the balls which won't come out on camera is that we did three balls in one building in three days. Um, it was just an office building in Bristol that we used. The ingenue ball, which is the ball where Daphne walks down the big staircase and the walls look like a, a Tiffany yes. jewellery box, that was in one room. Miss Bridgerton, I simply must have your first answer. It would be an honour, Your Highness. And then next door was the bird ball, which was a sort of rich orange-coloured walls where Daphne's dancing with all their suitors and there's birds everywhere. And how did you find our eligible bachelors? I must confess, I felt more chemistry when being fitted at the Modiste. That was in the room next door. And then the room beside that was the ball where 
Daphne and Simon dance and it's golden and crystals. And we must look like we are enjoying ourselves, as difficult as that may be. Yes, quite. When Lady Danbury and Simon walk into that room initially, they're actually walking down a tunnel which we made out of stands and fabric because that was actually the orange ball from the day before. Wow. It was the only way we could manage to get all balls done in the time that we had allotted was to do it all in one place. And then the crazy thing about the whole thing is it was actually a council building in Bristol. It wasn't a big palace or anything. So that was a major transformation. It was very much, yeah. It was a sort of head scratcher because in order for our schedule to work, we knew that we had to do it all in one place. It was quite a coup from our location team. And then the Trowbridge ball, that was just a bit bonkers. It was a crazy sort of theatrical ball and it was big country house in North London with a checkerboard floor, Jacobean panelling and very, very over the top. Some may call her celebrations too provocative and I would caution any young lady from getting caught up in the sensual nature of her fates. It was a very difficult one for us to do because it being a grade one listed property where I think it's the Duke of Northumberland lives there. They were very cautious about us doing anything in the building. So everything we had was either freestanding or had like rubber matting underneath it. But again, on camera, you don't see that. It just looks like another amazing place that there's a ball happening, to be honest. And so I find myself left with one question to ask. Miss Bridgerton? I need a moment. We'll be right back after this short break. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Welcome back to Bridgerton, the official podcast. Annabelle, Serata mentioned that you shot in Lancaster House a lot. Yeah. That's where Prince Charles lives. That's one of those places where the first time you walk in, you think, oh my God, like, look at all this marble, look at all this gold. But we ended up filming there so many times that by the end, when we watch the show, it's like, hang on, that door leads to a different ball on a different day. And it's supposed to be a different location. And it's like right behind that door is a completely different set. I mean, props to the actors for being able to be like, okay, now I'm going back to the beginning of the script, even though I just filmed the end of the script yesterday kind of thing. So you're sort of all over the place. Let's go back to Will. Will discovered Wilton House while on the road scouting for locations with director of photography, Jeff Jer. One great moment we had with Jeff was we went to this fantastic house down in Wiltshire called Wilton House. And in the car going down there, we were talking about reference films that we like. And both Jeff and I were talking about a film called Barry Lyndon, which is a Stanley Kubrick film. And we go into this house, and then sure enough, we're standing in this room, and Jeff and I look at each other and go, this is that room in the Kubrick film. And so we then thought, okay, we've got to use this room. It's fantastic. And that's the room that became the presentation chamber for the Queen's presentation at the beginning. That sent goosebumps down my spine when we were standing in this absolutely stunning room and it was as if Chris had written those scenes for that room without even knowing it. Flawless, my dear. Should we just have a watch party? Should we just sit here and watch the first episode? (laughs) Should we just have a watch party, actually? I love Presentation Day. I love any of the scenes with all the Bridgertons in it. Uh, This moment where Daphne is walking down, seeing the Queen at the end of that long aisle, is where we are swept in. I mean, we've just seen the families getting ready and rushing to their carriages, and there's all this, like anticipation and fluttering all over the place and then you get into this hall and you're just like I am in this world now Mm. my first time watching this I don't know what is going on I'm like is this chick getting married to the duke already like what is happening she's wearing a white dress where is she going right no there's something more important she's going to see the queen that's when you get dressed up so oh wait did you just say that it's more important than getting married is going to see the queen for me personally. Oh. <laughs> Am I? It is only the Queen's eye that matters today. A glimmer of displeasure. And the young lady's value plummets to unthinkable depths. At what point in the production process were you filming this scene? This was in the very beginning. Okay. Because I know day one was like a very racy 
very steamy s- library scene. Yes. yes. <laughs> I think it was probably within the first month or two. So not everyone knew each other as well as we finished. It was good because that's the deep end. When they say we're going to throw you in the deep end, that's what that is. Everyone's away from home. We were all in hotels. This was around the corner from Stonehenge. <gasps> Everyone drove past Stonehenge on their way to work, being like, why is the traffic going so slowly? I just want to get to work. <laughs> oh, it's Stonehenge in the middle of a field. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so Wilton House is around the corner from Stonehenge. Mm-hmm. Okay, when I was at Stonehenge, I do not remember seeing anything that even <laughs> looked remotely like this. <laughs> this is about probably about a 15-minute drive away from Stonehenge. Get out of here. So it's still very close. Oh, it's just so secluded. Mm-hmm. Is there like a... What is the grocery store? I want to say Salisbury. Sainsbury? <laughs> Sainsbury's. Yeah. Wilton House is... Huge. It, it's bigger than it even appears to be in the show. We didn't even film in half this house. The other half of the house is still residential and still being lived in, so we couldn't go near that side. That's how big this place was, that an entire film crew could be in one half of the house and a family could be living and not hearing us in the other half. I wouldn't have 200 film crew in my house, but they obviously allowed it. <laughs> they did. And that privilege was not lost on actresses Golda Rochevelle and Adjua Ando. They played the Queen and Lady Danbury. Here's Golda. I was saying that one of my favorite places was um, Wilton House. You know, I loved that because it's a young family that lives there and still runs it and owns it. And that to me, it felt like home, even though it was grand and opulent and, yeah, felt very out of reach. There was something homely about it. Yeah. You know? I'm, I'm always sort of thinking, well, I've seen all the woodgy-woodgy front bit of that, but somewhere at the back, there's somebody having cornflakes and watching the news on the telly. <laughs> <laughs> Having their morning porridge. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So we used Wilton House as several different locations. We used it as Rotten Row. We used it as uh, Cliveden. We used it as Buckingham Home in several different episodes. Well, Wilton House was a perfect choice. The detail and the velvety feeling on my eyes. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And it was very hot. It was hot. Wait, was the air conditioning turned off for sound? That's not actually sun streaming oh. through the windows. Those are some very bright lights. Oh, right. The lights. On cherry pickers, on cranes, basically. Mm. Shining through, I think, it's either the second or the third floor that room is in. <gasps> so we've got bright, bright, bright lights shining through the windows. And then obviously all of our cast and all of our background artists are in corsets, dresses and wigs and feather headdresses and I was hot just in my normal 21st century clothes so I don't know how they were doing right layers of fabric yeah makeup honey okay yeah (laughs) yeah that's that's why I constantly need makeup touching because you're just sweating it off there's not enough setting spray in the world under those lights no no way oh my goodness Let's get back to Danbury House and our conversation with Golda and Adjua, who played Lady Danbury. Here's Adjua again. So where I grew up, Gabrielle, was cows and sheep and two buses a week. It was like deep country. 45 minutes northwest of Wilton House is Badminton House, surrounded by countryside 
And it's the home of Lady Danbury's den of iniquity scene. And what's really cool about it? Badminton House is about five miles from where my father lives, from where I grew up. Wow. We filmed the Den of Iniquity scene at Badminton House. And when we were filming the Den of Iniquity, we filmed it in this beautiful ballroom at the back of which I took a photograph of me and the director standing in front of this painting. It's a painting of Queen Charlotte. And I would love to have grown up knowing that she was mixed race. I would love to have grown up knowing that she was descended from an African woman in Alfonso III of Portugal and that she was in a massive house five miles up the road from where I grew up hmm. as a little solitary black girl. I would have loved to have known that. So there was something really beautiful about filming that scene and feeling like I'd sort of gone full circle. Wow. And there I was with Mr. Ulrich Riley, who is the most stunning director. And um, it was just very lovely for me to be doing that. Yeah. And doing something that's about women being in their power and then remembering little me, Queen Charlotte, and having all these women around and being fabulous. And Right. And then I drove over to see my dad afterwards. I drove past one of my best friend's houses where I used to walk seven miles uphill to get to her house. And then I drove to my dad from set. And it was just so nice. It was just like, wow, look at my life. How bizarre is that? So Golda Rocheval, who plays Queen Charlotte, was in this conversation with me and Adjua. No big deal. It was chill. I asked her if she felt an energy from any of these historic locations. Most definitely. They live and breathe with us, and we live and breathe with them, you know? One of the things that's really fascinating about Bridgerton, that the places that we filmed in, the manor houses that we filmed in, are their own characters. We had some beautiful locations, Mm -hmm. and even Lancaster House, for me, was a really special place because it's a working place for our royal family. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And for the dignitaries of the world. And I think that scene that we were talking about earlier, uh, the curtsy scene, I think a week or a couple of weeks before we filmed there, the Queen had a dinner party for the world dignitaries. And to have that energy and that pulse and fizz, living fizz, to play off, to absorb, I think is really helpful when you're doing something like this, really helpful. It gives you extra oomph, doesn't it, Golda? Yeah, absolutely, and I kind of weigh in as well. Because I think we all, I mean, I don't know if you think this, and I know I'm I'm an old hippie, so. (laughs) But I think, I really do think that buildings retain energy. Yes. Don't you? I feel like the ghosts are in the walls of a building. Yeah. You know, for good or for ill. Yeah. Um, We all know there's some places you're like, "Mm -mm, I'm not going in there. Or I went in there once. You will never get me in there again. (laughs) So So I do genuinely think that, as Golda says, to be in a place that is a working royal environment, the energy of that building yeah. gives you an energy that you can absorb that into your embodying of working royal yeah. in action. And that's really thrilling. You kind of think of the working life of the whole building. You know, right. what keeps the show on the road? Right. Because you know, those cucumber sandwiches don't cut themselves, my friend. So, you know. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, when we were filming, some of those locations, and I'd be like, oh, I'm never in here. Can I come and have a look in your kitchen? Yeah. What's going on in here? You know, it's fascinating, isn't it? 
When we get back from the break, we'll hang out in Hannah's history corner to talk about the class distinctions among Bridgerton's high society. And we'll get into more production design with Chris Van Dusen and Will Hughes-Jones. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Welcome back to Bridgerton, the official podcast. So again... Every episode, we're spotlighting the research behind Bridgerton. And Dr. Hannah Gregg, the Onset Etiquette Advisor and Historian for Bridgerton, is just the person to take us through. Well, I mean, in the in Jane Austen novels, we don't often get references to dukes or to members of the royal family or to duchesses or people with titles of lady. There's only a handful of characters who are lady such and such. We tend to have the Miss Bingley, the Mr. Darcy, the Mrs. Bennet, those characters tell us that they are not in this world of dukes and duchesses and lords and ladies that we occupy with Bridgerton. The Jane Austen's world is what in English society we would call upper middle class. So it gets slightly complicated in terms of gradations, but they are people whose fathers and brothers may be in business, they may be clergymen, they may be in the military, 
they don't necessarily own the huge country houses that we recognise that survive in England today, like Chatsworth in Derbyshire, which was the seat of the Duke of Devonshire, or Castle Howard in, in Yorkshire. Those were owned by dukes and lords and viscounts and earls who don't really feature in the Jane Austen novels. The Jane Austen big houses are medium-sized houses in comparison to, you know, the super rich of Regency London. So the Jane Austen novels give us a slightly kind of different perspective on what it is to be genteel and wealthy in the 18th century, because there is this whole other level of super wealth, (laughs) super status, which isn't touched on in Austen, which we begin to encounter in Bridgerton. So I suppose one way in which we could understand the difference is to think about the difference that we have today between high street fashion and then kind of catwalk fashion. The Jane Austen world is the high street, basically, that we shop in, which captures the society we live in that are inspired by that, you know, kind of catwalk take. And then the high society is the catwalk fashion world, the world that's out of reach to us, the world of these celebrity people who live in their own bubble, who know each other, that we feel slightly excluded from, which is about this kind of creation of of something that's cutting edge and fantastical. I see. And, you know, I'm assuming this all had to do with George's golden gilded swag versus Napoleon silver. They're trying to outbling each other. It's like, <laughs> imagine them as the rappers of the Regency London. Like, I've got more bling than you. Look at my carriage. Right, right. They were outblinging each other. So extra. <laughs> well, I think it's right that we see Regency London in Bridgerton as a place full of sparkle and excess because that is sort of how it was in its own time. George IV, uh, Prince Regent, was notorious for his kind of love of glitz and glamour. Uh, He had an incredibly ostentatious coronation when he does become king. And in the run-up to that, he is spending money as fast as he can. And he's building his fancy grand palaces. And he's got his house in Brighton that's basically this huge new-build palace. He's got a place in London at Carlton House. He's got the glitziest everything. He loves glamour and sparkle and gold and diamonds. And there's also a sort of kind of culture in Europe of people trying to outdo each other. So alongside Prince Regent George IV, we have um, Napoleon in France, who is also trying to be the most glamorous leader in Europe, you know, gilding everything and sticking huge diamonds on his swords and having the latest and most exotic kind of goods and fabrics. And there is a kind of real fast spending, ostentatious culture around this very, very privileged small world of the court and the aristocrats in 18th century London, where spending money and showing off is um, absolutely what everyone is trying to do. Chris spared no expense in turning up the volume on history's gilded, glitzy surroundings. Among the elements the production team brought in to zhuzh up the already zhuzhed up locations were fabrics, food, and flowers. 
Like I said, it is this world of Bridgerton is a beautiful escapist world. And I wanted the sense of nature to really be apparent on screen. And it goes to the romance for me. At the end of the day, this is a show about love and romance. And if we're going to be telling the most romantic stories of all time, we need everything else on screen that you see to be doing the same. The flowers and the fabrics were the key things to lighten the historic spaces. And always food played a big part you can make it tall, you can make it architectural, and you can put it in foreground, background. So in order to make our world come alive, flowers and food were the principal elements that we used. And anywhere that we had a window, we spent a lot of time and effort making drapes to bring the room up from being an old historic building into a, a beautiful Bridgeton space. There is this beautiful sense of nature in the production design of the show. I wanted the series to look like the most gorgeous, rich, aspirational English garden anybody's ever seen. And Will took that idea and he ran with it. At one point, I walked into a set and I saw him in a corner, literally hand-painting a custom blue color on what had to be hundreds and hundreds of roses just to get things right. And that, of course, endeared me to him forever and also speaks to his attention to detail. Is this the first production from Shondaland that is of this scale? It was definitely the biggest thing I'd ever worked on. The amount of detail that goes into Bridgerton is incredible. I think that's the thing about everything about hair and makeup, about costume, about set dressing and all of that. There's such attention to detail that you think no one will notice this. And as you're working, you think no one will notice me doing this tiny thing. But if it wasn't there, people would notice. That's a nice little bow. We'll end it right there. I don't know about you, but I'm blown away by all the set dressings and how this team had to trek across the country to make Bridgerton come to life. I have a new appreciation for the production team. I'm also really moved by Adjua Endo's story. I'm really happy for the little girl inside of her. Dear listener, one thing for sure, we'll hear plenty of love going around for this tight-knit team. Come back next week and we'll hear some of those stories and more behind the scenes of Bridgerton. I'm Gabrielle Collins. Thanks for listening. Bridgerton, the official podcast, is a production of Shondaland Audio and iHeartMedia. For more podcasts from Shondaland, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you subscribe to your favorite podcasts.